Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So today, as I mentioned to you, we're going to minister and look at the ministry of preparation in detail. You know, the message today was inspired by a dream that I had, I'm sure I've mentioned a little bit to you last Sunday. And after the dream, I knew that the dream was from the Lord. And so I began to pray into it. And this is where this message came from. As you all know, I'm sure you are aware of it, hundreds of thousands of people yesterday, both in South Africa, the United States, and I'm sure other nations in the world, lifted up our voices to God in repentance and prayer for revival. We prayed that the Lord would grant us abundant mercy And in his mercy will enable us to return to the Lord with all of our hearts. As the word of God proclaims to return to our first love and the joy of our salvation be restored so that we may return to do the first works. That is the works that are birthed and inspired by the love of God. You see, God's heart is all about people. I'm sure you know that. If you've been born again any length of time and the love of God is alive in you, you will realize that God's heart is all about people. His business are people. He loves people and his desire is for all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what the epistle to Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, is that God's desire is for all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. Before that happens, though, adequate preparation needs to be done, not only in our own hearts through repentance and prayer, but also in the hearts of those whom the word of God is meant to reach. My message this morning, as I've mentioned to you, is all about preparation. What do I mean by that? Preparing the way of the Lord so that people in our spheres of influence may receive him and be born again. If you look at Mark's gospel, chapter 1 and verse 2, the scripture says, Behold, I will send my messenger before your face speaking of Jesus, that God would send a messenger before he comes on the scene who will prepare your way before you. Before the living word comes to a city, a community, or a family, God sends a messenger ahead of him. And his assignment is to prepare the way of the Lord. And we see this principle throughout the scriptures. 
The Bible says that before Jesus went out to preach to certain cities, he would send his disciples two by two where he himself would go afterwards. And we read that in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 1, the scripture says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Now, the reason for that was for them to go into that place where Jesus would come and prepare the atmosphere and the people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Their very presence there in the ministry, because Jesus said to them, when you come into a city, locate the man of peace and stay with him. And then he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, freely you have received and freely give. You see, the ministry and the work in that particular city where they've gone would prepare the atmosphere as well as the people to receive Jesus when he came onto the, onto the scene. Now, we see this principle, as I've mentioned to you throughout the scriptures, in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 20, the word of the Lord says, Behold, I will send my angel before your face, who will prepare your way before you and bring you into the place which I've prepared for you. That's how God works. He never just drops us into a place. He always prepare uh, the way before we get there. And he sends an angel ahead of us to prepare the way. The same thing, he sends his, um, his, his disciples, you and I, are sent and commissioned where we are to do a work of preparation so that the Lord Jesus could reach the people in our spheres of influence. I say that because adequate preparation is vitally important and necessary if we are to succeed in our mission in reaching people with the gospel of Christ. And I'm going to mention to you once again the dream that I had a few days ago so you can see the importance of preparation because the dream was all about preparation. And I believe that dream was from the Lord. I arrived in my dream at a certain place to preach the word of God. And upon arrival, I noticed that the venue in which I was about to preach was not prepared because it was doubly booked. Other people were there and they were moving around and doing some kind of work in that venue. The second thing I noticed is that there were no chairs for people to sit down as they came into the building because I saw many people coming into the building, but there were no chairs for them to sit down. Immediately, I called out in my dream uh, a few of my helpers to prepare, but there were nowhere to be found. No one was there to prepare the place. So I tried to grab some chairs very quickly and put them in line for the people to sit. I went to communicate with the, uh, with the people that were already there so that they could give me some time to preach. 
And um, by the time I did that, the people that came into the building got so impatient and they got up and they left. Well, needless to say, I was terribly upset about that. I was not happy at all. Well, and I woke up and uh, I immediately went to prayer about it. The ministry, I believe, in which we are all part of and members individually of this ministry is called and destined to reach people with the Word of God in regions beyond us in many other places and other nations. I have no doubt about that. Our ministry is not local, nor the calling is local, but global. And you are proof of that assignment. You are in so many different nations. We represent, there are people here who live in Germany, in the UK, in Zimbabwe, in the United States, and um, in Greece. You can see that, that you are proof of that, that this ministry is destined to go beyond our locality into many other regions with the gospel of Christ. But in order to fulfill our assignment, we need the ministry of helps to engage God in prayer in order to receive the wisdom of God and the instructions of the Holy Spirit on how to prepare our spheres of influence to receive the life-giving word of God. The dream clearly showed me that I arrived at a place to preach, but no preparation was made beforehand, which of course made it impossible for me to reach the people we were meant to reach with the gospel of Christ. And take, for example, a farmer who before he plants his seed into the ground, he works extensively for days in order to prepare it. He doesn't just go out and throw seed on an uncultivated and unprepared ground. The same with the gospel. The word of God is the incorruptible seed when planted into the right heart with the right atmosphere, a heart that's been cultivated through prayer, that seed of the word will bear much fruit. The hearts of the people that we are destined to reach need to be prepared through our prayer and through our acts of love and kindness before they are ready to receive the word. And I believe as we listen to the Holy Spirit carefully and we're sensitive to his leading and we obey his instructions, God begins to work by pouring out his spirit on the people we are praying for and on the people we are destined to reach with the gospel. And also as we demonstrate to them the acts of love and kindness I believe the hearts are softened and they begin to open up to God and to us. I'll give you an example. Many years ago in the town of Masvingo that I lived, there was a Greek community, about 70 people altogether, if I'm not mistaken. I loved that community dearly. 
And when I got born again, they were my object of prayer. And I would say I would pray daily for the community and intercede on their behalf. Then God began to show me areas in which I could show kindness to them, in which I would show love to them. Not only would I share my testimony with them, those that were open, but of course I would I would demonstrate and live before them in such a way where the hearts would open up to me so that I can communicate the gospel. And believe me, it made such a difference and it went a long way in allowing me and opening up their homes for me to go in and minister the word of God. And I strongly believe I was not a preacher then. I was not a pastor. I was just a businessman who came to the Lord and experienced a wonderful transformation in my life. And because the love of God was so alive in my heart, all I could think of was how can I reach them with the gospel of Christ? And I strongly believe if you've been born again by the word of God, and if the love of God is stirred up within you, I believe that we have a responsibility towards God and towards our fellow men to study this work of preparation and work with God and cooperate with his spirit in preparing the people to receive the living word of God. Now, I want to give you an example from the scriptures on how we can prepare, adequately prepare people, as well as the atmosphere to receive the plan and the purposes of God. And for that, we would turn, because this is a beautiful illustration of how we can prepare, never mind a family or a community, a whole city. It's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm reading from the New King James Version, beginning with verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out of the land, they met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him, and he would not command and that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man, entered the swine, 
and the herd ran violently down the steep into the lake and drowned. And when those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also had seen it, told them, they also who had seen it, told them by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked Jesus to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged Jesus that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. And so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. You see, in this portion of scripture, we see a perfect example of how to prepare a place for the Lord and change people's opinions and mindsets and false beliefs about God. When the man was delivered from the demonic influence, as you saw in the scriptures, he begged the Lord to go with him, to travel with him. He was so overwhelmed by what had happened to him. Remember, this man was troubled, demon-possessed for probably many years. But the Lord forbade him and sent him rather away with an instruction. He said, return to your own house, and tell what great things God has done for you. And in obedience to the Lord, this man did exactly what the Lord told him to do. And as a result, his testimony prepared a whole city to receive Jesus on his return. If you noticed, before the man's testimony, the very people, who had welcomed Jesus now, they have asked him to leave the area because they were gripped with fear. But after his testimony, they were ready to receive him. What happened in the meantime? The testimony of this man, the life that he demonstrated before his fellow uh, men, clearly changed the mindset of the people that were prejudiced and afraid of Jesus. And they welcomed him when he returned to them. You see, they knew this man. They knew what kind of a person he was. But when they saw this man sane in his right mind, and they knew what he was before Jesus ministered to him, their prejudice against the Lord left them. Their fear of what had taken place earlier had left them and they were ready to receive the Lord. What does that tell us? That tells me that our testimony 
is a great tool of evangelism. Telling people and sharing with them the love of God, telling them what the Lord has done for you, and sharing your experience with them goes a long way in preparing people to receive Christ. You see, they've got to hear the word. Not just telling them, but showing them and demonstrating the change and the regeneration the Lord Jesus brought into our lives and through acts of love and kindness, show them what really happened to you when Jesus came into your life. That's evangelism that takes place naturally without effort. The life of faith. And the life of love we live before people, I believe, is the greatest catalyst in preparing the hearts to receive Christ. Even Peter tells believing wives who have unbelieving husbands who don't want to hear anything about the word of God. Notice what Peter tells them. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And now let me speak to the wives, he says. Be devoted to your own husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word, your kind conduct may win them over without you saying a thing. For when they observe your pure and godly life before God, it will impact them deeply. See, without saying a word, our behavior, our attitude, the life we live before, our very loved ones, our colleagues, our employees, our employers, the very life we live before them is a testimony and prepares the way of the Lord to reach them with the gospel. So sharing our testimony with those within our sphere of influence showing them with our conduct the great things that God has done in our lives causes people's mindsets, thoughts about God and their false beliefs about him to change. That's why the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So when people see the goodness of God in us, the mercy of the Lord, the grace of God, the love and the kindness of our Savior, what happens to them? God turns their hearts around and changes the way they think about God. The words Jesus said to the man whom he delivered from the legion of demons, for me anyway, have a very special place in my heart. Because those very words were spoken to me the day I was born again on Thursday evening on the 6th of August, 1976. Those very words were spoken by the Holy Spirit to my heart 44 years ago. You see, I was born again in South Africa. We were not living in South Africa then. We were living in Fort Victoria, Zimbabwe. And I got up one morning and left my wife without, without having in mind that I would ever return. 
I left her and went down to South Africa. That's where the Lord met me. And there, when I got born again, the first words that the Lord Jesus spoke to me when I prayed for the first time from my heart, Lord, what do you want me to do now? He said, return to your wife. He said, return to your own house. And those same words, tell them what great things God has done for you. I did return to my wife. The wife, of course, which I left pregnant three months with my eldest daughter. And to the people of my own household and told them the great things that God has done for me. I told them not only that, that, that I told them how the Lord saved me, saved my soul and brought the peace of God into my heart that was troubled for many years. I had no peace. But that night, the peace of God came into my heart. The love of God came into my heart. And I experienced what the Bible says, a rebirth in the spirit. Not only did I tell them what happened, but they saw the change that came into my life as a result of my faith in Christ. And my testimony over a period of months and years helped to prepare a community of people to receive the gospel out of which many believed. You see, we need to understand that the primary reason God placed you where you are, it's no accident where you are, is for the purpose of preparing others to receive Christ and be an agent of change in your sphere of influence. As you pray for wisdom, as you engage God in prayer, this is all this is where everything happens. We engage God in prayer. We talk to God, not just about our own affairs, not just about our own problems, not just about me and my family, but I engage God about the salvation of the people that I meet every day. We talk to God about it. We engage God in prayer. And as we pray for wisdom and guidance on how to prepare our sphere of influence, I believe the Holy Spirit will give you clear and precise instructions on how to go about it. You see, he has the keys of every person's heart. And when you talk to God about a person, he will show you what to do, what to say, what not to say. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. So when God touches our lives and blesses us, he always has so many other people on his mind. You see, it's not just about us. It's about those you are destined to reach with your life, with your testimony, with your faith, with your prayer. He wants to reach others through you. He wants to demonstrate to those around you how great, how kind, and how merciful he is. That will only take place 
if we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and willing and obedient to his instructions. God cannot do this work apart from our cooperation, folks. And we need to make this a priority in our lives. I'm saddened when I look at the church today, when I look at the preoccupation of the church, when I look at the so many distractions that crowd our lives and, and, and suck the very life of God out of us, it seems like we have no time for prayer, no time for anyone else. And it's sad. It should never be this way. The key to the release of God's power in our sphere of influence is our obedience to the Holy Spirit, even in the little things. And our sphere of influence begins with our very own immediate family. And then it spreads out to our work colleagues, our employees, our employers, our fellow Christians and beyond. Our testimony can go a long, long way in preparing the atmosphere for them to receive the word of God. The life we live before them, the way we care, the way we treat each other becomes a catalyst in preparing the way of the Lord. Paul writing to the Philippians, he says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. The key phrase here is shine as lights in the world. You see, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Light expels darkness. Light shows the way. Every single one of us has received a ministry of reconciliation from God. That's what the word says in 2 Corinthians 5.18. He says that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the ministry or the word of reconciliation. Amen. This is who you are, an ambassador of Christ. We are called and anointed by God to reconcile people to God by our words and by our actions. But we need to engage God in this matter and be serious about it. Asking him to show you how you can prepare the way of the Lord for someone that he puts on your heart. And in closing, I want to share a, a brief testimony with you that took place a number of years ago, which had a great impact on our ministry. Years ago, I was invited to preach at a certain conference here in Cape Town. Most of you were not with us in the ministry, actually, at that time, maybe one or two. In that meeting, there was an elderly lady who worked for a Greek young man. 
She was so blessed by the ministry that I ministered, by the word that I ministered that evening. So she decided to buy the the message on tape. We had tapes in those days. Actually, we didn't have CDs and all the modern means we have today. Knowing my Greek background, she bought the tape and she decided to give the message to her employer. And upon listening to the tape message, the young man asked to see me. I recall we set up a meeting and he came to my house right here in this in the in the lounge and he came with his wife to see me. The word that he heard on tape prepared him to receive Christ. He was so open. At that meeting, I led him to the Lord and later on I baptized him in water. He was on fire for God. You could see the zeal and the joy that marked his life. Truly, he had a true conversion. His father-in-law was a wealthy businessman who was a believer, but he grew cold for many years and became indifferent towards the things of God. When he saw his son-in-law on fire for God, He became interested, and I would say jealous, and asked the young man, and he asked him, who who led you to Christ? Who ministered to you? And of course, the young man told him, I know I went to visit a man by the name of Andreas. I know where he lives, and, and on and on. And of course, this resulted in the wealthy businessman calling me and asking me to come and have some tea at his house. You know what? That businessman became the biggest donor of our building project in Pinelands. Single-handedly, he contributed 75% of the building costs. The others, of course, uh, were received by our members and some of it by our partners in the United States. I don't want to say names, but you know who you are. Not only that, but the wealthy businessman returned to God. He repented and began to serve him with a great zeal and with great passion. Now, that woman who purchased that tape with a message of the gospel on had no idea what a single act of obedience would bring about. God took that and worked powerfully in so many ways. She probably didn't even know that she was obeying God, but she did it anyway. Why? Because she cared about her employer and she wanted him to receive Christ. Because she cared, she reached out and maybe she didn't know how to share the gospel with him. She gave him the message on tape and she said to him, listen to this tape. And this man is preaching is Greek like you. He comes from the same community. And and of course, that resulted in him being born again, in his father-in-law repenting, and so many other people were touched by the single act of obedience of this woman. Now, I shared all that with you to show you that even one little single act of obedience can bring about 
such blessings to many. God can take that insignificant act that the Holy Spirit whispers to you to do something and bring about a great blessing out of that. That's what God uses, the Bible says. He uses the insignificant things, things that are not nothing in order to bring to nothing things that are. That's, that's, what, that's the tools of God. That's how he works. It is for this reason that we are to be alert, that we are to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, to have other people on our minds, not just ourselves, to listen to the Spirit and obey His promptings, which could result in touching many for Christ. You reach one person for Christ, you don't know how many people that person would reach with the gospel. And I know this, that if we make this a priority in our prayer life, and if we engage God and talk to God about it, he would bring us into his infinite wisdom and make us aware of his plans and purposes in doing a work of preparation, which of course will result in the salvation of many, many people. That is why I'm sharing this message with you. And I pray that you give it the proper attention and value to the word you've heard today. Remember that all of us are responsible for what we know, what we hear. So I urge you, God placed you in the right place. You are not there by accident. He placed you there so that you through him can do a work of preparation in touching lives. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about the people that you see almost every day. You go to work, you see people. Talk to him. Lord, here I am. I make myself available to you. Help me. Show me. Guide me. Guide my actions, my words. Guide me to the right people at the right time. Let me not be ashamed of you. Help me to share boldly the things, the great things that you've done for me. Two, three years ago, I'm reminded of another situation, another testimony where Johan and Elise and Antoinette, they took some of my messages on CDs and they distributed them around. Before they knew it, they had a house full of people. At one time, I remember one Christmas, I think three years ago, 26 people were part of the house church. How did they come? How did that happen? Because they reached out with the word of God. And if we are sensitive to the Lord, he will show us how to reach out. And if we can't preach the gospel, send them a, a message on video or on audio. Say, listen to this message. It will, it will be an answer to your prayer. Maybe it will give you something that you can hold on to while you're going through your difficult time. So this is my prayer for all of us today. Lord, send us out all over the world so that everyone, everywhere, will discover your ways 
and know who you are and see your power to save. Let the nations burst forth with praise. Father, hear our prayer. Revive your love within our hearts. Enable us to be sensitive and, 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 and kind and to be able to, to reach out with care and with love, maybe not just with words, but with kindness, with generosity, with gentleness. Enable us to see people as you see them, that they are precious souls waiting to hear the good news of the love of God. I pray that you make us angels of preparation, instruments of change in our spheres of influence. And we ask this in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.